What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. Here again with Ronan Game. We're going to be talking about the Rockets. We're going to be talking about Timberwolves. We're going to be talking about Harden. We're going to be talking about 76ers. We're going to be going coast to coast as usual. But first, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Listen to us talk about the league. Please let us know. Give us a comment. Like, subscribe. We're everywhere where you listen to your podcasts. We're on YouTube. Interact with us. We're looking forward to hearing about why we're wrong. We're wrong a lot. But first, we just want to talk a little bit about Ronan Gain. How are you doing, my friend? It's good to see you. I'm doing great. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm excited about today's podcast. A lot, a lot to talk about. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 been a, it's, been a, it's been a fun week. A few teams have had some really eye-opening performances and a few teams have sustained runs that they, uh, that they started on last week. Yeah, man, we have some very interesting stats to share here and a couple of surprising teams. And I think we just got to jump right into it. I want to jump right into a team that we talked a little bit about in the offseason, and we got to open up with the Rockets. They gave us a little bit of scare in the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, I think you you said it first. It was after the first two games. Your question was, are the Rockets still going to be bad? And I thought it was a little bit early, but I want to open up with them and review. Again, it's early. It's only, they're only four and three, and there's still a lot more games to be played before we can determine what's real or not. But I want to hear your thoughts. We have had a chance to look at them again. They've had a couple great games. One against a De'Aaron Foxless uh, Kings team. And more competitive games. One winning against the Hornets. One coming up a bit short against the Lakers. But they've looked pretty good. How are you feeling now after that uh, That spicy take the first week? Yeah, I mean, they've uh, they've really looked good. They just won four straight games. Obviously, that's, that, that doesn't, that's, a, that's no easy feat, especially with a team where we thought they were going to be kind of in and out, especially after the start of the year. We were thinking it might take that little bit extra time to, for Imi Adoka to really get this team going. But now look at them. They're they're 11th in offense. They're 9th in defense. Uh, they ranked 27th and 29th in those in those uh, categories last season. So there's an early, an early uh, tester of the impact of Imi Adoka. All five of their starters are scoring well. All five are, are averaging 14 points per game or better. Shangun is looking like the hub of the offense. They've got playmaking through him and Van Vliet. They've got shooting from the rest of their starters in, in Green and, and Brooks and, and Jabari Smith. And the flow of the the team on both sides of the ball is, is really looking great over the, over this over this run. Yeah, the balance looks great. And I, I think it's it's really surprising that that they are going to Shangun because I think that was the one thing I was concerned about. I wasn't sure if they would start to go through him. Um to start off, you know, with Van Vliet being there, with Jalen Green taking a step, with how we saw Ime Udoka um, operate the Celtics. But I, I think this, one thing I do want to point out is, you know, that opinion of mine, I think, reflects very highly on Udoka, that he had a team in the Celtics that's very different from this team. And a great coach can coach any sort of team and will adapt to his kind of players. And to see Shangun really used as the hub, I mean, you, you just you just look at the advanced metrics for him. He's leading centers in um, usage to assist ratio. I mean, that that's a that's a very niche stat. But I mean, what that tells you is that he's right up there with Jokic in terms of you know he's not going to have the ball all the time. But when you feed it through him, he's making great plays. He's really facilitating the offense. And to share that with the new playmaking partner and Van Vliet, I think it's it's really impressive that Yudoka's already getting this team and I mean top ten in defense. That 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 I do have to ask is that sustainable? Because we we talked about some of the defensive talent on this team. They still don't even have Ari uh, Tari Eason really in the fold. 
they don't have, have Eamon Thompson right now because of injuries. And those are two guys that we thought would be big defensive playmakers. But I mean, he's still got a lot of guys here. They got Dylan Brooks. They got Jabari Smith Jr. Um, the playmakers are there. Are they going to end the season, though, being a top 15 defense? Because even that's a win for me if they're a top 15 defense. Yeah, I mean, like if they can, I think, I think obviously, like you say, like that's where Yudoka really kind of wants his teams to be really strong defensive sides. And then the offense will will come uh, off of that. And I think the big thing, obviously, they got Van Bleet and, and Brooks. They were the two major additions this offseason. They're just two really rugged guys who play really hard on the defensive end. And they're two guys that can get more out of out of the likes of a Jalen Green or, or Jabari Smith and even, even Shangun. Like they, they're the two guys that they have that level. They have that desire to just be those hard-nosed guys on the defensive end. And I think the, the younger guys are taking a look at them and, and seeing that they have to step up. Whether that can sustain for the whole year, possibly not. But like you said, if they get a couple of those guys back and, and you can continue to get solid minutes out of, out of some of the vets that they have on the team, some of the guys coming off the bench, it wouldn't be crazy. I, I, I'd i be a little bit surprised, but the start that they've made, I don't think it'd be crazy to think that they could sustain a top 15 level because that's what Imi Adoga can do. That's what a great coach can do. And that's what guys like Van Vliet and, and Brooks can, can deliver for a team. Yeah, I, I think this is... This might be there, there's no most improved team award, but even just how they've looked here, or that that's a compliment to the GM, compliment to to coaching and the players themselves. But the way the Rockets looked last year, I mean, at times just unwatchable. They had so much talent on the team, but really no organization of their offense. You know, there wasn't really culture, but there already seems to be something brewing there, and it, it's cool to see. Uh, one one guy that I wanted to mention. Because we, we obviously are going to see the highlights from Green. We see how confident he's getting off the bounce. We're going to see all the playmaking from, from Shangun. But Jabari Smith Jr., I feel like he's starting to show some flashes, mm-hmm. especially with the shooting, how quick that release is looking right now, how confident he's looking just immediately as he gets an open shot, he's shooting that, especially attacking closeouts. He's looking really good attacking closeouts. You know, some things that he showed us in summer league, playing in the mid post, doing some of that here as well. I'm, I'm curious if this is kind of changing my opinion on his ceiling. You know, it's it's early, just the second year, but you want to see early production, um, seeing what came out of their their training over the summer, and I I feel like he's really showing some things here. Yeah, and I mean, I almost like the fact that he's not going too crazy. I like it. It feels like he's at a at a level that's not only sustainable but also that can be improved on even just in this year. Like he's shooting forty. 40% from three, he's averaging 13.9 points per game. Like if he can stay, he can stay around that market. He can bump that up to get closer to 20 points per game. And he's still, still shooting maybe 37 and a half plus from, from three. That's a great look. That's a great improvement. And that's him showing really why the Rockets picked him up last year. Like that, that sort of level is pretty ideal, I think, for for a second year player like Jabari Smith, who struggled for for large periods in his uh, in his rookie year. The big yeah. thing I would look at is like when it all kind of fleshes out for the Rockets, where are they at? Because at the moment they're kind of obviously having a bit of luck. Like Brooks is shooting fifty four percent from three, Jalen Green shooting forty six percent from three, even even Smith shooting forty forty percent from three. Like that's not going to continue for the entire no. year. And when those guys go into those sort of slumps, we all know Dylan Brooks can very quickly go from being great on the uh, as a shooter to being absolutely awful. 
Green has struggled with his with his three point shot throughout uh, throughout his years in the league, and and it's just where they're going to be when they those slumps naturally come when that that level sort of drops off. That that'll be a true test of of how much this team has grown. Then I think. Yeah, and I think that's why I brought up being like a you know are they did they just vault themselves from being actually like one of the worst if not the worst team in basketball to now an average team a very functional team a hopeful team um that they don't have to be top 10 they're not going to say top 10 and those numbers like you said they're not going to last but what i do like is the looks the looks are getting um from three they're developing open looks Jalen green has a lot more catch and shoot opportunities the way that he's working with shangun it's interesting when you watched how shangun and um green were playing against the kings Reminded you a lot of how Darren Fox and Sabonis, how they run their offense. There's a lot of synergy there with how they get each other downhill, how Shingun can operate in the short role, facilitating from that point. And there's just a lot of offense that makes sense there, even though the numbers are a little bit inflated. I don't I don't think too much of it is fluky. And I think you're you're gonna get a lot more, you're gonna get a lot more defensive help once this team's fully healthy. So I, I don't expect their defense to fall off too much. Um, and shooting luck, you know, that, that's all going to balance out. Right, all in all, to close on the Rockets, they're impressing me, even though it's in seven games. And I think that there is some, there is something here. They, they've got something there. Yeah, I think obviously, like we were saying from the start, like when they when they were able to appoint Emiadoka, like that was that was a really huge pickup for them. And the couple of guys that they got in are those hard nosed guys that that can have that positive impact on. On a, on a defense and on a, on a young on a young core, those the type of guys that they they brought in. So I think they made the right moves and, and it's it's working really great for them early doors. I'll be interested to have a look at them maybe in another month or two. That that that's going to be an interesting kind of marker for them. But the way that they're playing and and like the synergy, like you were saying, between like the likes of Green and and Shangun and those things make you really believe that it won't be crazy to think of them as being a playing team. Like they're not going to be. They're battling around the 14, 13 seed. They're going to be battling up closer to the 8, 9 seed, which is something that, especially after the first couple of games of the season, we weren't thinking. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jazz look terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, the Grizzlies, obviously, we talked about how bad they look. The, the Blazers, I mean, Spurs, there's still a lot of non-Wemby minutes to fix there. So the Rockets, you know, they, they've they added that veteran talent to to buoy them and, and to really stabilize them. I don't... I don't think they're better. I don't think they're the six seed. I don't think they're seven or eighth. I, I think if they're fighting for tenth, that's that is that was the ceiling that we talked about in the summer. So good to see them have a good start. Um, I think we need to jump to a game and a team that man. The, what was the Timberwolves and Celtics? That was the best game so far this season, right? I think like, so. Yeah. The, the the drama between the two, the the foul trouble that Anthony Edwards had to fight through. You know, Cat having a bad game, Timberwolves having early struggles offensively, and then Tatum going off on runs. And you really saw on full display at times the best offense in the league in the Boston Celtics and the best defense in the league right now, which is insane to say. You know, all the potentials there last year didn't see it come to fruition. And this year they're really making a statement. You know, Rudy Gobert is back. The Timberwolves know how to play defense. They're playing the best defense in the Timberwolves' entire uh, franchise history. And that game really culminated in the end with Anthony Edwards getting his first win over Jalen Brown, fellow Georgia buddy, and making a statement to those who don't know him. Like, 
he's coming and he's going to be in the conversation for MVP, if not this year, at some point. The the, the chance, I will say, the chance in in uh, in Minnesota got to get a little, little louder for, for him for MVP. They, they, he deserves that, especially when he's putting on performances like that. But overall, man, that was that was amazing to see from him for man. Yeah, no, he was he was he was unbelievable. And even the big thing was after he got into that foul trouble down the stretch of the game, he was going one on one defensively yeah. with Jason Tatum and he wasn't failing. He was playing great defense on Jason Tatum. And then he was ultimately took off and, and, and closed it out for them then in in, uh, in overtime. That was a real eye opening performance. And like with, with Anthony Edwards, when the lights shine brightest, that's when he really shows up. Mm-hmm. And he it was that that feeling of I want this, like give me that ball, give me the toughest defensive assignment. It was it was that element of him really bursting in and being like this is this is my time, like I'm ready for this moment. And and he really delivered. And the defense has been as impressive as the offense with him to start this year, which has been really great. I think from for me watching watching the Timberwolves and obviously. Number one ranked uh, defense. They're getting they're getting really great defensive push from even the likes of like Nikhil Alexander Walker coming off the bench, Shake Milton, and they're they're providing really solid defensive minutes when they're they're playing at the bench unit. And Gobert looks right back to being one of the best, if not the best, defender in the league. The way that they're playing at the moment, and that's that's really huge for this this Minnesota team. I mean, fight. What are they four and zero at home? I think it is, and. Two wins over the technically yep. what we all think the two best teams in yep. the uh, in the NBA. Only team to beat Denver, that Minnesota team. Like there, there, there is something there, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a really big year for this Minnesota team. And I, I lighten the vibes early, and I think it's gonna continue. Yeah, and just to stay on Ant for a quick sec, like games like this really make you want them to make the playoffs. You want to see Anthony Edwards in the playoffs. You want to see him in those moments. And you want to see him do this more consistently too. And I think you're, you're seeing that so much more often um, this year, last year, like he's, he's really trending up in his consistency. You know, there, there are times where he'd go a full game of trying to shoot the ball too much. And then you, you saw him flip the switch when he you missed a few jumpers in a row. And he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm enough of this. I'm getting to the rim against the Celtics, Boston Celtics, who I think, you know, are still right there, best defensive basketball. And Anthony Edwards is too good of he's too strong. He's too fast. He's got a good like he's too good to be contained. And he did that against himself. He just decided to get to the rim. He decided to get to his spots. And when he does that, when he can just channel that, it's unbelievable. And if you had Anthony Edwards defense with five fouls, like if you if he gave that all the time, like that's that's I mean that's MVP right there. I mean he 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 looks like one of the best players in the league when he turns it on like that, and you want to see that in the playoffs. You want to see that consistently. Man, the defense 22. too. Only twenty two. He's still only twenty two. He's only twenty two. Once he figures just, it out, man. It's just the craziest thing ever. And one thing I will say on him is, I saw a, a video the other day. Austin Rivers was talking about how there isn't really a face of the league to take over when LeBron goes. And I think that Anthony Edwards fits that mold in terms of what he can do talent-wise, what he can do in terms of just being that mercular figure, that that guy who just delivers, who has that magic touch. And in terms of personality as well, I think his personality has really come across his entire time in the league. I think he's a really likable guy. I think he's a really, really favorite of the media. 
And I think if he can continue on this stretch and really sustain his level atop the NBA, that Anthony Edwards is a guy, I think, more so than anyone else, that really fits the mold as being the face of, of the NBA in the future. Yeah. I'll give it to Doncic. I'll give it to Giannis. I'll give it to Jokic. Jokic, Jokic no. Jokic, no. Jokic doesn't want it. Jokic doesn't want it. Jokic has no interest in it. you got to want it as well. He'd rather, rather be the face of uh, horse racing. Exactly, you Probably. have to you have to want it too. That that's that's why Jokic doesn't doesn't fit, quite fit in. Yeah, here's a big question. So we're talking about sustainability with the Rockets. I want to talk about sustainability with the Wolves and them being the best defense in the league, leading the NBA in defensive rating, lead, second in the league in opponents' field goal percentage at the rim, and they are right there amongst uh, the best in the league. And opponents' field goal percentage on contested jumpers. I mean, they, you you just see it when you watch game in game out. They're contesting everything. Is this real? Are the Timberwolves a top five ish defense in the league? Is is this something that you can see persisting? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the fact that obviously you, you can't fully say yes because you're looking at a guy like Anthony Edwards and he's obviously delivering in the short term, and and that's we have to see that more mm-hmm. consistently, but. Yeah. Jaden McDaniels, you know, you're going to get out of him. Rudy Gobert looks right back to his best. Mike Conley is always a really solid, a solid defensive piece. Like I was saying, Alexander Walker, Shea Milton, guys coming in off the bench are, are doing a great job for them. And those 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 elements are definitely sustainable. And I don't see why with Gobert playing like a de- defensive player of the year, I don't see why they can't sustain that level of, of a top five defense. I think that's clearly what Chris Finch has, has taken a look at the, the roster, taking a look at the fit and going, Defense is where we're going to thrive and we're going to rely on the likes of Edwards, the likes of even McDaniels being able to step up in big moments, maybe Carl Anthony Towns too, but those guys to to really deliver in the clutch moments and say, we keep the, the opponents to low field goal percentage, low scoring nights, and we'll be able to come out with the win. I, I really think it's it, you're right with in terms of you name the guys and when you think about too, what they looked like last year, a lot of the same names are there, but there just seems to be more of a chemistry. Like they, they seem to be much more cohesive when they're facing, you know, a tough switch. It's there. It's a lot cleaner. But when they're, when they're making that rotation, it's there a lot faster. And the perimeter defense looks so much better. And, and Gobert doesn't seem to be, you know, he, he seems to be in a good place where he's confident about letting guys go one-on-one. He's confident about someone not getting blown by. He's in the right place. He's not overextending himself. And, Gobert is having like a resurgence season. And you you look at the perimeter, like McDaniels, Anderson, the way that those guys can switch. Even what you saw out of um, Akil Alexander Walker, too. Whenever he's on the floor, at at times, because he's such a people don't recognize how long he is as a guard. Like sometimes you're like, is that Jaden McDaniels? Oh, no, that's that's Akil Alexander Walker. He's a guard who, who looks like a wing. And the way that he really gets up people's grills, the way that he contests, that's why. You know, they're the best defense in basketball right now. And, you know, they're going to be top five. I, I don't I don't think that's going anywhere with Gobert there. And I don't – if Cat's not messing it up now, we'll eventually foul himself out to, to not to not make it an issue later. Um, and I'm really curious about that. I, I'm watching that like a hop because I just don't see the reason for him to stay there. Nas Reed looks so good out there when he's on the floor with them. Um the way that he, not even Nasri playing defense, Nasri playing defense on Jason Tatum, like the Timberwolves feel okay with him in a switch. When, when Cat switches up on, 
on Tatum or really any ball handle on the perimeter, you see everyone's having this swivel. When Nas reads up there, like Timbers feel confident. They're, they're not they're not really looking to help too much. So I even think that Nas would be a better fit for this lineup than than Cat. He just makes a little bit more sense. But I digress. We heard they, they about that, that, like the as like obviously Cat was awful that game against the Celtics. Ultimately fell. They only had like seven points. Didn't score in the first half. And then obviously had a bit of a bounce back game and the win over the Pelicans. But that I think that the failings of Carl Anthony Towns are a lot more so than the the positives that he brings to the team. And I think the only reason they must be keeping on to him is if they're really just waiting for that right trade. Because I think one thing I will say is if they are going to get rid of him, they're going to have to bring in someone that can score a solid 15, 16 a game and shoot the tree consistently. Like they, they, they do need to bring in a shooter if they're going to, if they are going to let him go. I think like someone like a buddy heel type of player, I think is someone that they need to, they need to get in return if they're going to be, be losing cap, but just the, the, the fit out there and, sometimes you watch it and you're just thinking with him not being here really make that huge of a difference, especially in some of the big games when Ant is really locked in and the way the team is playing at the moment, I know it's happening with, with Carol Anthony town. So it's tough to say they, they need to break it up or anything, but I think on the whole, uh, I think as, as Ant continues to grow, I think they'll realize more and more that, that, that cat probably has to go. Yeah, absolutely. Now do we, uh, do we jump over to Harden? It's been a minute since we talked about Harden. Yeah, I mean, so I've long. Been, I mean, I've yeah. been happy not talking about Harden, but <laughs> the trade finally happened, and we finally have a couple games to talk about. How do we feel about the 76ers right now without him? That was a big concern. I feel like I had over the offseason. I was not sure if they'd really be able to have a coherent offense without a true orchestrator like Harden. Not sure how you know they were going to even figure things out with just one true playmaker. And Maxie's not even a true playmaker. But do they look good? He's looking, he's looking like they had a moment. Yeah, he looks good. And so what's, what's going on? I mean, I, I, I just, I'm going to say straight out the bat, like I promised myself, I promised myself after last year, I was never going to believe in the 76ers for a second until they actually showed it to me. They're really testing my they're testing my faith here at the moment. They're really trying lock it to get in. me lock it in, they're trying to get me to jump lock on the bandwagon. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Are it. Are we gonna lock I'm it not in? Gonna do it. No, uh, I'm not jumping in on them, but they they look great. The six six and one start. All all these games have been without James Harden. And like Embiid said the other night, there's no egos on this team anymore. There this is just a, <laughs> a, a this is a guy a bunch of guys that are are all playing for the same the same coach, all playing for the same goal out there. And like I said last week when we when we were talking about the trade, at the very minimum, they've got a great, great head coach who will get the best out of the players at his disposal. Let's not forget, like Nick Nurse led a Toronto Raptors team to 50 wins after they lost Kawhi Leonard for nothing. Like that 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 was that was no no uh, no lean feat. And I think he's gonna do great things with this 76ers team and like I sent you that quote earlier, Embiid talked about how he's always he's always hurt when it gets to the playoffs. Embiid being healthy in the playoffs is the big thing. During the regular season, they are going to be absolutely fine. And Embiid and Maxi together at the moment, they're looking like the birth of a new star duo. Let's be honest. Let's not forget, as much as, as great as Harden was for Philly, he wasn't pushing that needle for them to get to the next level that they want to get to, which is West Eastern Conference Finals and, and beyond. So why was it always going to be have that such that massive impact when he, when he when he was to leave? Don't get me wrong, they're they're going to have 
iffy moments throughout this season when we're going to look at it and think, oh man, they kind of need James Harden. Maxi can probably will probably flail off in it, in it over a couple of weeks spell or something like that. I think, oh, they, they need to make that trade now. But I, I still think they need to wait because I still think they're going to get a lot out of these out of these two guys. And what we saw against the Celtics was just was great. They combined 52 points, 19 rebounds, nine assists, and six blocks between the two of them. They really are looking like a, a, a real tandem and what they're going to get from the guys outside of them. I, I really, I really like the flow and the fit of this, of this Philly team. Yeah. I, I'm in, I'm impressed with, I mean, Maxi averaging seven assists, um, averaging that, one turnover. Yeah. That was, that was the big thing. Yeah. Seven to one that, you know, you, I wasn't sure where, cause that, that's a big ask for him being a secondary playmaker for him. He really blossomed last year. Um, he didn't always have to have the ball in his hands and make the right decision. He could just be aggressive. He could just play. But he's really accepting uh, a role as a playmaker. And he's still using his ability to get downhill. He still is comfortable um, in the system. And I think that's a great testament to Nick Nurse and, and getting him a lot of down screens and getting him a lot of high screener roles and really allowing him to use his speed to playmake and set that up. And I, I don't I don't see why this is going to go away for him. I, I think he's – I mean, 25 and 7. 25 and 7. It's it's early it's early goings here, but still shooting forty percent from three too. Yeah, those those numbers alone, like that, that puts him in the next level as a playmaker in this league. And I I just was worried about about how he would adapt to that, and you know where else they're going to get it. And I I will say, you know, they they do need they do need something else. Like there's you can't rely on just Ma- Maxi and Embiid are not enough firepower for you to just lock it in here, but. I will say at a minimum, it's it's good to see that Embiid is still at a MVP level, and Maxi's taking the next step. And you know, defensively, you know they they still look good. Nick Nurse still has him playing like a they Nick Nurse has him playing good offense. The ball movement's there, the the perimeter attack is there. For third in offense, fifth in defense at the moment, and I think they're definitely going to be able to sustain top ten in both those categories moving forward. And I think. It'll it'll depend on on how big of a slide they might take in certain situations. If MB goes down for a little bit, if if Maxi starts to struggle for a few games, where what might happen in that situation, we'll have to just wait and see. But I think in terms of being top ten, both and even top five, I think they could challenge for top five on both on a on both ends of the floor. And that moving forward is going to be big. And I think they're going to be a really good regular season team again. It's just going to all come down to when we get to those playoffs, whether or not Joel Embiid is healthy. And whether or not Maxi can really step up, I mean, last year he was basically the same player in the playoffs as he was in the in the postseason. If he can do that again and be this healthy, why that? Why not? Why why can't they go and and take the the next step or at least go toe to toe with a Celtics or a Bucks? Maybe not win, but if they have to face one of the two of them in the semifinals, then okay, maybe it's fair enough they lose for once. But well, well the answer is because your third best player is Tobias Harris. Yeah. Tobias Harris is playing for that contract, bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, 19 points a game, love it in last year, shooting 70, 70% on the floor. 70% it's all about Springer, that Rangers. guy. Springer, the rookie. He provides nice energy, though. That's that's the first time I've seen a a, a like a, a nothing rookie in Philly actually looking like he could he could provide something for the team, which is good to see. Very small note. Yeah. How do we think about the Clippers? Two games in New York. Both losses, one notably against a 24th ranked defense in the Nets, where they scored 93 points. 
their offensive rating has dropped from 118 to 110 with Harden. It's two games. You know, guys got to get to know each other, especially with four stars. All this talk about there's only one ball, four stars. What, what's what's your early take? Harden and Russ can't play together. Simple. Like, that's just the instant look when you see it. Like, they're, they're, it's not going to work with the two of them starting. Like, that's just not... It's not feasible. I mean, against the Knicks, I think Harden scored all his points when Russ was on the bench. I think that that was pretty eye-opening. And then again against the Nets, it just doesn't look... The fit, the feel, the... The spacing you want when Hort when Harden is out there, Russ just cannot provide it, and I think they they're gonna have to make that switch there eventually. Whether they keep on going with it for the next while or they they just bite the bullet early and 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 move things, but it's gonna be difficult because since Russ has come in, he's been so good. So it's gonna take a lot for him mentally to accept that he's has to take the back seat again, and and still continue to deliver. So it's a tough it's a tough area for 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 Coach Lou and. Uh, for the team as a whole, but I I think it it looks like it looks like it's early days. That's 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 all you can really say. It looks like they're going to take some time, but I think it's pretty it's pretty clear watching those two games that the Russ and Harden as a backcourt just doesn't work. Would you rather have Harden run the bench unit or Russ run run the bench unit? Russ, I think you want to see Harden playing the pick and roll with. With Zubac, you want to see him out there with those starters more so than Russ. And I think they can kind of play in a different way with with Russ as part of the second unit. And they can play they can play a lot quicker and get and, and allow him to get downhill more. That yeah, that's true. I, I guess I, I wonder that because you know, in the minutes that I watched with Harden, um I don't I don't hate the I don't hate the spacing that they're creating. You know, it when when it just depends who gets the ball coming out. If Paul George gets the ball, you know, they're, they're throwing in a pick and roll. Kawhi gets the ball, pick and roll. It's like pick and roll, space out, and work from there. Work out the advantage. And they they got some solid looks there, but there wasn't a whole lot of movement off of that. And if Kawhi Leonard is reduced to spacing the floor for you when you have James Harden on the floor, when Paul, I mean, I don't mind it with Paul George because Paul George is such an elite shooter. I mean, he's, he's not he's not producing right now. But down down the stretch, you know, I've confident the shot will fall. It's just such a dynamic uh, shooter. So, but with Kawhi, I, I I don't love I don't love that that becomes his role when Harden's on the floor, because because Harden is supposed to be your primary playmaker when he's on the floor. He's supposed to be running those pick and rolls. So, are you getting the best out of Kawhi if that's the situation? And I'm not. And that kind of determines, you know, who, who's starting, who's playing with Kawhi is the real question is who, who helps Kawhi be the best? Will Paul George be the best? Is that Russ or is that Harden? Yeah, I guess I, I guess that's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fair point. So I guess you you didn't actually want to say it, but you, you're, you're more inclined. I think, to think it's, I think it's, I think, I think Russ, you know, he, the issue of spacing is going to exist with any lineup you put out there. And I think he's been, he's done a better job, you know, Screening. He he has screened for this team. He's 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 run screening actions. He's dived to the rim. He's been a cutter. You know he's he's worked on being aggressive shooting from the corners. You know he's not taking too many too many crazy shots like he used to. And you know the the amount of hustle that he brings is going to be there no matter what. But I, I think that he fits. He's accepted a little bit more of a role next to Kawhi and next to Paul George compared to Harden because and I think Harden just eats up so much more usage just in terms of how you need to use him 
in that way. So, I mean, I, I guess I would rather see Harden. I mean, Harden cooking's second units, that that becomes something where that's that's deadly. But, but Harden's never going to accept yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, then Ty Lue like, and the Clippers will be liars and he'll want out of there in a few <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, what are they? What? Here's here's the fuck. What what would be the next logical team for Harden to demand to go to? <laughs> what would be the next logical team for him to demand to go to? My, Miami, maybe. Miami, yeah. <laughs> Miami. I think Miami's next on the next would on the contract for him. Yeah, I oh think so. Oh my god. Fuck. But that that's I, that's the thing. Like they, they they will get James James Harden will not want to play as part of the bench, and you'll you'll see that in, in his attitude, and then he'll quickly become that poison. Because that's what James Harden is. Like as much as he can be such a big positive for any team because he has that talent, he can so quickly become that poison because he clearly has a ginormous ego and really thinks a lot of himself. And if things aren't going the way he wants them to go, it's gonna it's gonna affect the team morale as a whole. So that's why I think it's just more realistic to see Russ drop into the bench. But I think they'll give it another another couple of weeks before they probably make it, make any sort of move. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll leave you with this stat. Um, the new starting lineup that they have here. Again, it's two games. This number isn't going to stay, but they're negative 22 net rating. And their defense isn't bad. 107.8 helps when you're you're playing the, the Nets. Their offensive rating, 85. That re- that just reflects, you know, that what, what kind of your turn, my turn was going on and mm-hmm. the inefficient offense that they're getting. But I, I think we'll we'll watch this. We'll see where, where it goes. And I'm not I'm not confident in this moving forward. Just just given the the kind of offense that they're creating with all five of them on the floor. Like there wasn't really anything there. But there's always way I believe in Tyron Lou though. I believe in Ty Lu. He's a great coach. Yeah. He's shown us that he he's willing to mix things up. He's willing to mix lineups up. And if James Harden is here to truly win, maybe that's maybe this is the place where he figures it out. You know, he's not the guy. You know, he he's not the second guy. He's not the third guy. He's like the the third B guy because I he's Russ just is a guy. His place in he's just room. a guy. He's he's just a guy. He's just a guy right now. And it in in L A. It's it's going to be a very the battle of L A. Is not going to be the glamorous one that we envisioned when Kawhi first showed up to uh, Los Angeles, but. I'm definitely interested to see where it goes, but that that's that's all I have. That's all I'd say about Harden, and we'll we'll yeah, yeah, give okay. him a rest for a few yeah. We'll weeks. give it a break for a little while and, and see how see how give, give, we'll give him a little bit of time. We'll give we'll give the Clippers a little bit of time to uh to figure it out. But let's let's go around the league then. Any any uh, any big points? We, we we might as well start off with our weekly Wemby check-in. I mean, you tell me. So far, so so far, he's really looking like more of a normal rookie than a than, a, than the next stop. one. That's that's uh-huh. a fact. That's that's literally that's... a fact. And the other night, the Knicks put big bodies on him, and they made him look human. His shot was off. Everything, the flow was off with him. When Mitchell Robinson was his primary defender, he went zero for six. He got he got the Hartenstein and and Robinson played him hard and and he didn't really like it. Obviously, that's that's the way it is with rookies. You you take this, you learn from it, and we'll see it maybe even the next time he plays them and he'll be he'll be more prepared for it. But yeah, obviously a tough 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 couple of games he's had uh, over the last while. But I think nice learning curve for him. Maybe it's a good thing for for the Spurs to not instantly just see him looking. Unstoppable. Maybe it's a good thing that he's he's having to take these moments to to learn and 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 grow, especially early days in the season. 
I just have to say that that is a irresponsible take to make. That that is irresponsible, and we I I do not endorse saying anything regular, normal, average, anything like that about Victor Wembanyama. And he's gonna have to. I mean, the 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 Knicks are a physical basketball team. That's true, and I don't think I don't think that anybody who watched Wemby, you know, any tape on him before coming to the league had any confidence that he was going to deal with this well. I think that was going to be his one weakness is when he's going to deal with physical teams that are going to challenge him and, and really, you know, push the envelope of, all right, can, I, can you really like bang down in the post? Can, can you really deal with the physicality? Can you deal with the, like, that's going to be where he struggles. And as a rookie, dude, who else is getting attention like this? Nobody, nobody. Like he's, He's getting LeBron treatment at times. You know, it, no normal rookie is getting the attention that Webinyama is getting. And it's good for him because, you know, he's got to learn early on how to deal with that sort of pressure. But I mean, normal, don't, don't talk about normal. Okay. We'll mention two, normal. Two and, I'll never two, say two normal half, again. Two and a half blocks a game. Okay. Kidding me. The the stuff we've seen. What's he averaging? Him? Like 16 points per game. That's pretty normal. Eight, eight, 18.8, 19 points per game. It is. Uh, it's. I, I I think that games there. like you take out that that big night he had against Phoenix. That's not how averages work. You can't take yeah, out but if you take that out, he's looked extremely normal. Down. He's looked extremely normal. I'm not saying he is normal. I'm not saying he's going to be normal moving forward. But so far, he's been pretty normal. I think people like LeBron, LeBron rookie year, right? I I think there's 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 different ways to look at it too. I, I think what the biggest value that I see from Wemby is what he does on the defensive end. That that's that's where he's game changing for me. Is when teams don't the worst defense in the league. Get in Wemby. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, just like there's there's nothing normal about about a professional basketball team having a, having a stretch of not wanting to go to the rim because he is on the floor. That that's not normal. There's nothing normal about a, a seven foot five guy crossing up guards and pulling up from mid range. There's nothing normal about that. No, okay. There's nothing normal about okay. Webinyama. Okay, no normal, not normal yeah. anyway. Okay, well, I, I'll let I'll let you have that. And, and, and one, one winning one against the Spurs, and you're going easy here. Let's go, Knicks. You <laughs> number two defense in the league, by the way. They've, they've flipped the switch again. They've gone away from being a good offensive team. They're back to being trying to be a good defensive team again this year. <laughs> yeah. When are you, you going to be back on Randall's side? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he's, never. He's, I've never, I've never, I've never been completely over on his side ever, have I? Sure. He's coming yeah. back. He's had a nice He's had a nice couple of games. Hopefully that that's a sign of things to come anyway. We're going around the league. Got to, got to give a quick update on your Nuggets. They are a staggering offense. You know, you know what their net rating is right now? The the starting lineup. If you can guess what their their starting lineup's net rating is. Net rating, I don't know, like plus thirteen or something. That's cute. Forty five. Plus forty five. Nice. Plus forty five. Their offensive rating right now is one twenty eight. Defensive rating eighty three. The, the the off the starting lineup for the Nuggets just looks unbelievable, insane. Nothing else to report. They're as good as it. And Jamal Murray out for a month, and it doesn't matter at all. Although I will say that, it, like that that night, that game against the the Warriors the other night again, that was another another one of those moments there. That maybe they 
they they should have lost. You saw saw Steph mess up that uh, that layup that that would have leveled the scores after Jokic went over two on a, on a couple of three sh- free throws that could have locked the game. The Warriors kind of bottled it. But I also I I tweeted this out. There was a there was two different occasions in the fourth quarter that Warriors players like made a dive for the ball on the end line to try and save it, gave it back to the Nuggets. And on both occasions, I'm almost positive that it would have been Warriors ball. Like it very clearly hit a Nuggets player was going out <laughs> and the guys made these weird dives. I was like, what the hell are they doing here? They've just given up possession. This is so stupid. And it's, it's, it's hustle points. It's hustle yeah, points. And they ultimately you, you lost by a few points. points. It, it was a, it was definitely a weird one, but uh, yeah, the Warriors, they, they kind of had to take their medicine of that game because you look at it and thinking, no player had scored 20 points other than Steph for them all year. And when you're going up against a Nuggets team, you need all of your best guys to step up and you need Wiggins to be hitting shots. You need Clay to be stepping up and it can't just be all Curry. And and you saw again, if your team cannot dominate the minutes that Jokic is not on the floor, you have literally have no hope of beating the Nuggets. Yeah. One one quick shout out. Peyton Watson. Mm-hmm. For the Denver Nuggets, I told you they'd find a rookie man. I, we didn't know who it was, and 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 we we were we're looking at at the other guys. We didn't even really think about Peyton Watson, dude. This guy is an NBA player, straight up, straight up NBA player. Like he is, he is so so good defensively, and I mean the, the way he gets to the rim too. Like he has the strength of an NBA. He's not a rookie, but this is a guy, a grown man, and they. I told you they're gonna find a rookie. They're gonna find some guys gonna replace Bruce Brown's spot. The the defense he brings on the perimeter easily replaces Bruce Brown's. The 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 way he's getting to the rim maybe not quite to Bruce Brown's level, but I mean just getting an energy wing like that. Got to give a quick shout out like the Nuggets, the good organizations out, the best, the championship organizations out there know how to find the guys to fill in the gaps like that. And shout out Peyton Watson, that guy's a dog. They mm-hmm. got a good one. Yeah, those damn, those damn nuggets. And uh, what about the Celtics? We were obviously talking about them last week. How dominant they've been. You, you jinx them talking about how they I might, they might totally beat the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors twenty nine zero start to the season. They've lost back to back games. They've started to look a bit more human. Be interesting to see where they go from here. They've got a game against the Nets tonight, which you think is a nice, a nice uh, game for them, where they should think they can, uh, they can get back to winning ways, get back to playing. Basketball that was having them look so dominant to start to to start the year, but it's a uh, there's been a few a few interesting ones. Pacers as well. Keep every time I watch them, it's just they they go on big runs themselves, and then they go on awful runs, and and teams bring them back. Like they were up by eighteen against the Bucks last night, and uh, then in the first quarter, then they got pegged back, and luckily they were able to pull it out in the clutch, but. They are an unbelievable offensive team, but an absolutely awful defensive team. And if they suffer any sort of injuries to, like, if Halliburton gets injured, like, they are going to struggle so much again. So, yeah, they, they, they really need to stay healthy to be able to to, to stick with my hot take and uh, and get a push on for the playoffs this year. Yeah, first first in offense. And they have to be because their defense is, <laughs> is negative. They, they, their, their defense is nothing. Ben Matherin had a, had a great game. Back to back twenty point games. I'm hoping that's the start of things for him. He, he, he looked a lot better the last couple of games. Yeah, like looking. I mean, confidence is never an issue for him, but you know, getting all the way to the rim has never been a problem for him. But doing it consistently, 
It'll be defense last night was actually us. was big as well. He had a few really big defensive plays down the stretch. If that's something that they can they can start to rely on, just even even a small bit as the season progresses, that'd be that'd be a really huge plus for for Matherin and the Pacers. But yeah, defense is a major Achilles heel for them once again. You got anything else to mention before I play a little game with you to finish off? Yeah, we got to stay with with that game. Pacers and the Bucks. Now we do our a... books check in. We'll take check in on the yeah. books. Let's go. Giannis has an amazing game, right? Fifty four points. And 76% from the field. Yeah. Any game where Giannis is scoring 40 or more points, like that's that's a win because their defense is always there. But we got to do a check-in because the Bucks defense continues to slide. They're giving up 69% at the rim. That's like Mavericks, Kings, Nets territory. Last year, they were second best in the league. They're giving up their second and to last an opponent's fast break points per game. And they're giving up 130 points to who? The Raptors the other day. I'm really concerned for where their defense is at. And if, if you look at the the uh, the shot side of opposing teams, they're still holding teams to uh, a lower number of shots at the rim, a lower number of open threes. And maybe the shot luck, you know, that they're – Opponent offenses are shooting around 4% higher than league average on three. So maybe it's just luck. Maybe it's just luck. But you look, and there are just so many more easy lanes to the rim. I gave Beasley some great credit for being a, a lot more focused on defense. That's not really lasted. And they just don't have any help on the wing. Like, Jay Crowder is not enough. Where, where are they going to get? Is Marjan Bochamp all of a sudden going to become a, a defensive stalwart? And that's what we've been asking since uh, – offseason where is that defense going to come from on the perimeter and it's going to continue to be a problem yeah really no it's, you see it both ends you see the the way you, in both big teams in the in the east i think early days obviously the, the celtics have looked great but then you also start to question their depth and how big of a worry that's going to be as as the season forwards. and if there was an injury to that team and then on the book side of it, the defense just looks awful. And Brooke Lopez looks back to being like Brooklyn Nets. Brooke Lopez, as, as, in terms of uh, in terms of the defensive, uh, hey, he had seven blocks the other day. Yeah, against the Knicks, he looked awesome. He, he had like <laughs> every block that he's had all season was against in, in that Knicks game. But outside of that, about half of them, yeah, it's uh, it, it really hasn't been good from him. And last night, especially, I think he really struggled, especially yeah. against team like the Pacers, but that kind of thrive in the. Playing fast and, and shooting threes, like to, to to give up that sort of level in terms of the the paint scoring. Like Matherin had a lot of lot of looks he got at the rim and, and was able to score, which which shouldn't really really shouldn't be happening. Yeah, it's it becomes a lot harder. And look at what happened to Gobert last year. Gobert is like looked at as a failure. It's all his fault. Why is the defense not good? Because he's there. Well, this is this is a little microcosm to use him as and as a, an example. Jalen Brown dunks over Gobert. And what, why does he get that dunk? It's because the, the weak side defense was not in place. The, the rotation was not in place. And Gobert had to get there late. He got dunked on. And that was something we saw all the time last year. So Gobert not really being in place, not being able to defend correctly. And the same thing is going to happen to Brooke Lopez this year. The guy who was one of the best defenders in the league last year is going to take a step back because – there's no semblance of good perimeter defense at times when you have I mean, Pat Connaughton sometimes is your best perimeter def- defender depending on the lineup. And offensively too, th- this is where I'm waiting for things to pick up because 
On the defensive end, I fully expect this to be a blip. I think that, you know, you can't have Giannis and Brooke Lopez out there and even just average wing defenders for them to not figure something out. Like they they will they will have to figure it out. And I'm yeah, I'm really interested to see what their answer is for the Bucks. Um and the shooting luck that that'll come down. They'd have won that game last night if Dame was playing too. Yeah. But but Dame with their their offensive rating for the two main lineups with Lillard and Giannis is respectively 100 and 102. Well, I, I I don't know what to make of that number. I mean, it, it's early goings. Again, like these are all small sample sizes, but the the offense isn't humming like you'd expect it to. And that is also something that you, you'd want to hopefully see be a lot better than that. You'd expect them to be spamming pick and roll. They're not running a whole lot of pick and roll. You'd expect them to be getting you know, Lillard a lot better looks from three. It still feels like he's taking a lot of challenging shots and not a whole lot of open looks. So I don't know if the game time offense is really the best, you know, look for them when they have Giannis, when they, when they have, when they can play through Giannis and, and Dame feeds off of that. But there, there's so many, this is, I think this is a great part about looking deep into, you know, what are the deficiencies of some of these teams early on, because we know these great teams are going to figure it out. This isn't a, this isn't a, a set in stone observation on these great teams because with great players like this and great systems, like they will figure something out. But right now it doesn't seem like the best, doesn't seem like the best formula for two guys that are, you know, top 10 players in this league and a hundred offensive rating, 102 offensive. That, that should not, that should not be any lower than, you know, that, that, that's like worse than the league. That's, that's one of the worst starting fives offensively. And that, that doesn't make any sense that, I don't know how to even process that when I look it up. Yeah. No. Coach, coach, figure it out. Players gotta figure it out. There's Rookie that, that there's too. that element. Yeah, there's that element that of for the books. They they obviously they have time. The most important thing for them is that they're they're really firing once they get to the playoffs, which is I'm sure they'll they're probably thinking amongst themselves. But I think it there's there's a lot to still figure it out with that uh with that books team. I think we thought it would be better to to start the year, but obviously plenty of time to to get it right uh, before we finish off i'm gonna play a little bit of real or fake with you i'm gonna list off a few few stats you let me know if you think they're fake or they're real and they could be sustainable moving forward this uh this season okay all right let's do it all right i'll set you off on an easy one minnesota being the number one ranked defense real or fake real real rudy gobert is back baby yeah Mitchell Robinson averaging more offensive boards than defensive boards. Uh, real. Uh, Knicks don't have good shooters. So there's going to be a ton of uh, offensive rebounds available. Cam Thomas averaging 27 points per game. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for I, – I can't believe I'm praying on the downfall of Cam Thomas, but I, I can't believe it's there. Fake. It's it's it. There's there's just no there's no way. I know he's gonna prove me wrong. I know he's he's, gonna, out, he's, he's out for a couple of, thirty a yeah, game. He's out for a couple of weeks now, so we'll see what he's like uh, now. Now when he comes back, um, the Lakers zero and five road record. Uh fake. I I be, I I think the Lakers are a lot better than this. I still really believe in their depth, and they're so good with with <laughs> slow starts. I'm gonna say fake. Anthony Davis will get healthy. They'll they'll start to figure this out. 
Cam Reddish will hopefully shoot more than than twenty percent from three. Um, I might I might have to I might have to sell my Cam Reddish stock when I that, that's what it all comes. Cam to. Reddish, I think when I looked it up, he was like two of thirteen for the season from three. Like he's got to be at a level where he's making like five of every thirteen shots at least, which is like thirty eight percent. He's got to be around that sort of mark. He's only taking open looks in the corner. Like he has got to be able to hit those so shots. Open. Like they're That's so the open, and he still running. can't hit it. Like do we That's thought the, the Lakers worst. could figure it out their spacing? They really haven't at all. Yeah. They got they got Torian Prince and and D'Lo whenever he kind of when he when he kind of feels like it, which is not which is not too often. Okay, last one then. The San Antonio Spurs with the thirtieth ranked defense. Fake, fake, super fake. Super fake. Super so you're superhuman with Weapon Yama going to change with, with, with No, no. Well, not just him. With, with with Sohan, who is such a good defender, with uh, Wemby out there, and their, their wings, uh, you know, they're still young, and they're still figuring things out. And I even think Collins is not a bad defender. They've, they've got the talent on this roster to not be the 30th defense. They're better than a lot of teams ahead of them, and this is just early goings, trying to get used to having Wemby on their roster. That's fake. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll let I, I, I'll let you I'll let you agree with that. So what we've what we've summarized on today's episodes, it's all about sustaining when we look at Minnesota, when we look at Philadelphia, then it's all about figuring it out when we look at the books, when we look at the Clippers. And we are not allowed to say that Victor Webanyama is normal. We will never use Victor Victor Webanyama normal in the same never. sentence again never. on this podcast. I, I I I promise that. I'll lock that in. That'll be another. I'll, I'll lock that in on the hot take board. That won't ever happen again. Okay. But that's gonna do it for today's episode. My thanks to Chris for joining me. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, follow us on socials. We are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. And most importantly, remember to take every shot and love every moment.